Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Sean Dill and Lacey Book. They're the host of the None of Your Business podcast. They're also the host of the Black Diamond Club. It's an amazing community where entrepreneurs can get together, network, and really get good advice on how to grow their businesses. You know, this podcast is all about good advice. So you got to check out seanandlacey.com to find out more. Hey, I love this episode. We talk a lot about the honest journey of entrepreneurship and what you need to be thinking about as you're growing your business. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Now, wherever you are in your business, one of the things that I've often heard is that running a business can be kind of lonely. It can be kind of hard to know who's out there who's also grinding away. You know, sometimes we're we're navigating our business and we're thinking, is anyone else going through these problems? Is anyone else understanding what I'm facing on a day-to-day basis? Well, I have good news from you for you. You're not alone. We're actually talking today about the Black Diamond Club, one of the best places for you to connect with like-minded entrepreneurs and really take your business to the next level. We're sitting down with their its co-founders, Sean Dill and Lacey Book, who's joining us today to tell us more about uh, the Black Diamond Club, as well as their own personal journeys and some of the amazing things they're doing with our entrepreneurial community. Uh, it's both. It's, it's great to have you both here today. By the way, it's not always common that I get uh, not just one but two amazing people on the show. So yeah, I appreciate. Hear that a lot. <laughs> I appreciate you guys joining me today. Well, we're excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Of course. Well, uh, who? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about the the Black Diamond Club. Give me like the the thirty second spiel, and we'll just we'll we'll jump into the conversation today. Well, I think not unlike yourself. Um, I love this idea of. Good advice. We we um, probably seven years ago um, realized that on social media there were weren't a lot of good places where you could go and receive support. There was right. a lot of places where you could go and be have your dreams crushed. <laughs> People would tell you that you, know, you you can't do it, but there wasn't there weren't many places that that you could be supported. And so we wanted to create a place um, of support, a place where people were celebrating wins. Um, it's not uncommon to see people, you know, coming in and saying, you know, I, I had I made my first sale, I made my first dollar, and at the same time, um, you know, a, a day or two later, somebody's celebrating that, you know, they've they've crossed the seven figure, or eight figure mark. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's your first dollar or your, you know, one millionth dollar. Um, all of those wins uh, definitely are worthy of being celebrated, supported. Um, we just wanted to p- create sort of a neutral playing field where people could come together and share best practices. You know, it almost feels like, I think this is what's so bizarre to me about this conversation is, you know, you have social media that is so accessible. Like you would think that people would naturally find like minded individuals, that they'd be naturally sharing some of these stories, but 
we all know this isn't what happens on social media. Typically, you have the person who grinds for eight or nine years, and then they share the post that almost makes it seem like it was so natural. It was so easy. Yeah, I did it. It was awesome. I did it overnight. It was so great. And it, it I feel for our fellow entrepreneurs who are really hungry for um, hitting that seven-figure mark, for making that first sale. So you guys have created something that, and I don't mean this in a rude way, you, you think it would happen and yet it doesn't happen, which is right. why I think the Black Diamond Club is so essential. Um, when you guys were putting it together, was it was it something that just sort of naturally came about or is this something you guys have intentionally created uh, as you've been on your own journeys? No, I mean, it was definitely intentionally created. It was actually, the, the right word is the antithesis of another group that we were part of where when we were in it, it was a literal bashing of anybody that uh, put themselves out there, tried to be a little bit transparent and vulnerable as they were going throughout their journey. And we thought to ourselves, like, this is no way to elevate anyone in this space. And so that's how we created the Black Diamond Club. And it's really interesting because you say it should have happened naturally. And the first thing that comes to mind is that so many people do grind for so long, and then they only share that in part of the journey. I feel like it makes them want to hold all of the components of what they learned and the struggles and their best practices like super close to them in fear of giving it away, right? And what I love about the Black Diamond Club is like the community actually is what the group is all about. Even though we head it up, it's they really elevate each other and they share, not only support you and celebrate you, but they share. They share what they did. They share how they got there. They share their best practices. When people ask advice, the amount of comments on you know what people are looking for and the help that's provided is exceptional. And I think that that what's make the group a group. But I think that people were scared for a long time in fear of competition or somebody's yeah. going to steal my stuff. Well, you know what? That happens anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost kind of feels like, um, you know, it, it, whenever, especially like, you know, we have such a social media driven culture now that we almost, it, it seems like many of us feel the need to um, not just be an expert in our field, but also be like an expert entrepreneur. And so like right. those struggles somehow make us less credible like for me personally, I knew nothing about sales. I had to really, I'm still really learning about sales, but it feels like we we don't tell that part of the story. Instead, it's like, I'm a master salesperson. And it's like, you are now, but what about that awkward, cringy first call where you know I was on a call with a guy the other day who asked to meet with me to sell me something. And he goes, well, how do you think I can help you? And I was like, I, I don't know. You, you asked to meet with me. But I, 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 I empathize with him because, you know, this is someone who's making one of his first sales call. We don't, you know, that's the kind of the story that I think is so powerful for the entrepreneur, but we aren't willing to always share it. Right. So, you know, I think we also live in a, a lot of it's because we live in a disempowered world. And I think social media is a great example of that. Um, you know, if you're struggling in sales, you you don't want to see someone else that's excelling in sales. If you're struggling, if you're you know grinding, I always say, I, I I think in a lot of ways too, though, in the entrepreneurship world, the grind has been overly glorified. You know, there's no glory. I always tell people my my mantra is there's no glory in the grind. People want to wake up and say, oh, you know, rise and grind, and and I get it. I, I know the, I know the personalities that have coined those phrases. 
but nobody really, I mean, that's not attractive. That's not why you're getting into what you, you, you're, well, it's not why you're chasing your dream. You're chasing your passion because you dream of rising and grinding. It just sounds <laughs> terrible. Um, what, we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a, a lifestyle for ourselves where we're not grinding. But what happens is there's a lot of people, whether it's friends, family, um, or unknown people on social media, they hate their lives. They hate what's been created for them. And so they're disempowered. They've lost their power. And so what they do is they try to rob you of your power because what mm. it does is it brings you down to their level, not even like down to your level so they can, you know, compete with you. Just they don't want you to feel empowered because if you're disempowered, there's nothing worse. Somebody that's empowered has a lot of power over you. Mm. And so you, you, you try to bring people down and, and what we wanted to do is create a little bubble um, called Black Diamond Club, mm -hmm. where there would be a lot of empowered people empowering each other um, and, and understanding that, look, when we leave that bubble, we go back into our disempowered world where, you know, the bank teller is trying to disempower me. People are always <laughs> trying to tell you what you cannot do versus helping you to achieve what you set out to do. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fear mindset versus an abundance mindset. And it's the old expression of uh, no one likes a winner. And so if you're out there, you're winning, that can piss people off and they can feel bad about their own circumstances. So I, I think you're spot on. I think people uh, are uh, not always maliciously, but are sort of naturally sometimes putting other entrepreneurs down. What's, what's, I mean, is there a balance to this though? Like I think about the business owner who, um, like I talked to a guy who he was selling uh, these leather wristbands that were like bedazzled with rhinestones. And he was like, man, I can't find any customers. And I was like, I mean, do people buy that? I, I don't know. And, but he, he was like, oh, I mean, so many people have, so many people have told me like, just keep after it, keep going. And like, I, I appreciate that. But at the same time, I'm like, should someone have told you to stop or like pivot or change? Like, is there a balance here with, with like not being, I don't want to say not being so encouraging, but also I guess marrying that with like actual, real, meaningful feedback. I don't know. That's good. And I don't know if I would call it balance. I, th I think that I would just say there's a solution for that. And the solution is like your podcast, good advice. You know, we have, we have had many struggles in our growth as entrepreneurs. And number one, I think, um, I wish everybody would share their journey because it allows people that are working really hard to know that they can get there too, because yeah, um, yeah. they can relate to where they're at. And so we share our journey a lot. And, you know, in 2011, we talk about the fact that we were in a 625 square foot apartment with two kids and couldn't afford a bed for them to sleep on. We had a hand-me-down couch and that's where we started. But the one thing that we always knew is that we needed to get good advice so that we didn't do what the bedazzled leather band <laughs> armband guy did. We needed good coaching and that was the solution. And we always invested beyond what we could into people that could help guide us so that we weren't forever stagnant and making bad decisions. And so balance, but I don't know if that's the right word, but there's definitely opportunity and solution out there for that problem. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say, let me, let me add real quick. I just think that it, let me, let me just say too, because I love the title, good advice. Yeah. I feel like though, all good advice in business should be counterintuitive. Right. If it were intuitive, you would be doing yeah. right. So, I mean, so if you're not happy with where you are, you need to look for counterintuitive good advice. Here's, here's the second part. I think that entrepreneurship is filled with cliches. Here's another one. Winners never quit. That's absolutely not true. Right. Winners quit all the time. You've got, and so this may be an example 
like maybe you should quit that. Um, and maybe it's not the bedazzled part. Maybe it's just the leather band, or maybe it's the people that you're selling it to. Maybe this would be huge in middle school or, you know what I'm saying? So you have to get counsel that allows you to understand the things that you need to stop doing in order to accomplish still whatever the, the goal is, thing, right? Because yeah. that person's goal probably wasn't like, I dream of selling bedazzled leather bracelets. They were probably trying to provide for their family or they wanted to send their kids to college. We could still accomplish that. And we need to get great counterintuitive advice. And we need, we need to know what things we need to stop doing. I like the the inherent like agility of that in the sense of like saying no to this doesn't mean saying no completely. It's it's like we're going a different route now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what you said before, it's pivoting, right? And a good coach will always help you find those appropriate pivot points. And sometimes that's going to take you on a completely new journey. And sometimes it's just a slight adjustment that makes all the difference in the world. But we, especially as entrepreneurs, we get so excited and passionate about the things that we're doing. We get blinded to mm. some of the pitfalls that are actually in existence, right? And so that like objective viewpoint, that different perspective is like, worth everything that we've ever invested in it. We become more invested in the thing than the people. the people. Yeah. I've, I've heard that a million times, right? Like oh, the people just don't get it. <laughs> they just don't. No, no, you might not get it because you might not be servicing their needs. You not, might not be solving a problem that they are aware that they have. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't get it. They might not be aware of it or they might be aware of it and just frankly not want, want it. Yeah. <laughs> what you're selling. This is a really powerful takeaway because I think that honest um, that honest feedback, a lot of times, I think, speaking for myself personally, I have had moments in my entrepreneurial journey where I've been so, um, maybe insecure is the right word, but I, I, think, I think fragile in the sense of like, man, I want to win. I don't know when the next one's coming. Like, what am I doing? I got, I got a kid that's relying on me. Oh God, oh God, am I ruining their life? You know, all this like random things that's going through your mind. And so you have the person who gives you that key piece of feedback who says, you know, I don't really know what I think about this. And uh, Lacey, it's like you said, we're often blind to it, right? Or I've, I've thought of it in the sense of, um, I've heard people who don't have any customers at all, no customers say, well, I think customers are really going to be impacted by this. And I'm like, how, how could you know that? Because you you don't have any. What do you mean? You have you have no idea if that's true, or you know, people who are bleeding customers who are saying, "Well, they weren't my customer anyway." And it's like, yes, they were. They they were your customer. Like, what do you mean? And so, like, how do we how do we get closer to that point of objectivity and recognize that you know we are in our own way, we're blind, we are not being objective. I mean, what's what's the next step for that? Oh gosh, I think probably like asking, we always talk about like, um, asking people their opinion. So for instance, if you already have an established business and you're losing customers, like you talked about, we're big proponents of getting on the phone and actually calling the people that left and asking them why. But here's the problem. I always try to give a little disclaimer with this to our clients. Cause I'm like, you have to understand that they're going to say things that potentially will hurt your feelings (laughs) that you are not going to like. And that's okay. We're human. The question is, what are you going to do with it? Because if you can take that information and you you can take what they are telling you and utilize it to pivot yourself, then you can make massive changes in your business and plug up that leaky bucket of, of customers that are leaving and actually have growth. 
And then if you don't have uh, any customers at all, and that's an unfortunate thing, then you probably need the advice of somebody that has gone before you and started a business from scratch to see what their next logical step for you would be. But I love polling people, active um, clients and clients that have left to find out what do you love? What do you hate? Why did you go? Why are you staying? Because those are the things that we can optimize and maximize. And then on the other side of it, those are the things that we can change to keep people longer. And yeah, I say not, not to ask, right? Tell them that you're not going to, don't try and get them back. No, it's not to sell them. It's not to, it's them. Not to, sell it's them or to actually them. get their opinion. Yeah. That's really powerful. I've actually haven't thought of that. That's a really great insight. And it, it almost seems like, yeah, like people are a bit, uh, not suspicious of our intentions, but they it, it's unusual when you call a lost customer and genuinely want to... Um, I mean, I left a, a kind of a... I try not to leave bad reviews for especially small businesses, but I'd left a three-star review and the person reached out to me and I thought it was going to be like, you know, what could we have done different? But it was like an essay on, you know, how ungrateful I was, which was really bizarre. Um, for our <laughs> listeners, don't do not do that, don't by do the that. way. Yeah. That is a, it's a um, no-no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, obvious things that you shouldn't do in your business. But really good advice. <laughs> um, I think back to another conversation I had with the business owner who had a stack of survey data and the they had it in two piles. Well, actually they had it in three piles. They had a pile of like really positive affirmations and they were like, this is what our customers love about us. It's really great. Yada, yada. They had a smaller stack of, um, you know, here's some things that maybe we could have tweaked or done differently. And then they had this like really tiny third stack. And I was like, okay, well, what, what is that? And they're like, oh, that's the customers that have left us that we didn't do a good job with. And I was like, okay, so what's going on there? And she was like, well, we don't read that stack. I guess because it was um, hurtful, uh, Lacey, like you said, it was like, this is going to hurt my feelings. This is going to really bother me. Uh, what's y'all's take on that? What do y'all think about that? Well, I love, I love the negative feedback. Yeah, we do. There's basically two routes, um, but they're, but they're both, um, they're both sad for the entrepreneur, for the business owner. One is, um, and I think far more often than not, is it's a pre-qualification marketing. I just got the wrong person in. Like maybe my thing is like, hey, I I, I do the fastest service. I, I you know I do oil changes and we do them in ten minutes or less, and that's how I market. And then I get a bad review that says like I felt rushed. Like, well, no, that that's that's the mo, right? That's that's the brand. We do it fast, right? And so I would have to say though, in that case, like, how did I get that person? Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about pre-qualification. Um, am I communicating my brand message adequately? Um, and then the other one is it's absolutely the right person, but I I, I tripped up, right? Like I, you know, they they didn't put the they didn't put the filter back in, right? Or and then I'm like, I need to address that, right? So either way, there's something for me to do. Either I didn't filter on the front side with my marketing and pre-qualification. They weren't honestly weren't a good fit, but I still need to address that. I can't keep bringing all of the wrong people in, or I had the right people and I just didn't deliver. And I need to address that as well. Um, I Listen, I think that to this age of reviews, people are like, you get a one-star review and people are like, oh my gosh, I remember um, in, in, in chiropractic practice and in, in Lacey's practice, she received the one-star review, but everything they wrote was true. They were like, oh my gosh, I went in and everybody was like all super smiley. And the, the place was like, it was, it felt like it was like a spa, a spa instead of a medical and office. They gave and me, but it was like, like everything they said was true, but 
their lens was that it was a one star because that wasn't what they expected. This is a marketing issue. And so we can't, we shouldn't cry or be devastated that you get a one star review. Also, look, consumers, if you only have six million five star reviews, that's a little bit suspect too. People are like, are these real reviews or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I think too, that little stack that they didn't want to look at, a lot of times people don't want to see it because the stuff that people have a tendency over and over to say that they don't like, if they were pre-qualified and they were a good fit, are the stuff that you personally can't let go of. Mm. It's the stuff that you love in your business. And so really it's for you and it's not for your ideal client. And that's actually where we see our clients get hurt the most <laughs> is when they're attacking something that they love. But I'm like, but that's for you. And the business isn't supposed to be built for you to serve yourself. The business is supposed to be built for these other people. So we need to give them what they like. And so sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to look in that mirror, you know? And so that's that's why that pile stays over there. I love that insight because it, there's this interesting dynamic of many entrepreneurs got into entrepreneurship because of the lifestyle that they wanted. Um, so common that someone's like trapped in a corporate lifestyle. Uh, they feel like they're not using their giftings or they just want control over their financial future. And so they jump into the world of entrepreneurship. But balancing that with the slow realization that running a business is really not about you. It's ultimately about your customers. And the sooner we figure that out, it seems like the better off we end up being. I, I think you're so right. It's such a great insight for sure. Yeah. A million percent. And, and I think that one of the things too, when you talk about that transition from corporate to entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. so many people leave corporate life because they want to be their own boss. And what they do is they transfer over into just the same, the same life, but yeah. now instead of Joe being your boss, now it's just you and you still do the exact same thing. So entrepreneurship really by definition, exactly what you said is you become uh, um, a, a servant to the clients that you serve. No, no longer to Joe, you know, the you know, VP of sales. Now you, you have to cater to and answer to each and every one of your individual clients. Yeah. Well, it's such a great insight. And it, I think for me, a lot of the challenges I have with small business owners that I talk to is they haven't quite yet made that transition to that servant mindset yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I've even, I've even going back to the conversation of feedback, I talked to a business owner who gotten some really harsh feedback and he said, well, if they don't like it, they can go somewhere else, which I thought was really indicative of his philosophy of business. It's ultimately for me, not so much for the customers that I'm serving. Um, Talk to me a little bit more about y'all's philosophy of business. It sounds like y'all have just a great approach to your customers, a great a great approach to the people you're helping. Uh, what's your mission? Why do you do what you do? Well, very early on, when we you know didn't like we talked about when we were in a place where we didn't have a lot of money, financial freedom, we knew that we had to invest in a coach. And actually, the first coach that we ever invested in was Michael Port. He wrote the book, Book Yourself Solid. And uh, one of his big fundamentals is all on ideal deal client and target market. And so not only had Sean become a certified coach through his program, but that was one of the things that we have been teaching um, our clients for, oh my gosh, like I can't even tell you how many years now. And so we 
when it comes to business, everything we teach, we also do. You know, there's a lot of people I know that go out there that are teaching things that are maybe obsolete in their business. They're no longer practicing them. They're no longer doing them. We tell the people that are in the Black Diamond Club and all of our private clients, like everything we're teaching you, we're actively doing right now. And so when we say we're obsessed with the people that we serve, like we are literally obsessed with them because we want to, we want to know what makes them tick. We want to know their likes and dislikes. We want to know um, what wakes them up and keeps them up at night and what they're looking for and what they desire. And so we work really hard on creating a business that surrounds those individuals, because when you get that right and you put a bunch of people together, that's when you really get that connection and community that we're talking about. So as long as we hold true to those individuals, then our business always has flourished and grown. So we teach that concept all the time. Yeah. It makes me think of, I had a guy on the podcast, uh, Patrick Stewart, who runs Apricot Lane Boutique, and it's a, it's a women's fashion retail store. And um, in a time where it feels like retail is really dying, uh, his brick and mortar retail, excuse me, his stores are exploding. And uh, what you said reminded me of a comment he made. He basically said, you know, our, our culture today, our sales culture is so mass number driven. Uh, what we teach our store owners to do is not what's the minimum I can spend on this customer before going like to the next person in the store. But rather flipping that and thinking, how do I spend more time on this customer? Like, how do I spend more, you know, without being like a stalker or obnoxious, <laughs> but like, how do I spend more time? And, uh, you know, again, this, it, it's weird because this, it seems like this should be so natural to business. But, you know, Sean, go back to something you said, it is a bit counterintuitive because a lot of us as small business owners, we are thinking about in terms of scale, you know, how do I fit in more customers in my given work week or the given hours that ultimately I have? So I think that look, and, and we just lived this, you know, year plus of time where, you know, things might have been difficult for a lot of people as a small business, one, you know, simple math, what we've been teaching going into 2022 and beyond, uh, people have a lot of questions relative to the economy. Again, a counterintuitive thought. What if I had less customers, but I was able to charge them more? And I was able to spend more time with them. And as a result of that, I got a better result or they got a better experience. Um, and I think for the small businesses, that's right. right it, again, it's the antithesis of Amazon. It's right. the antithesis. So, you know, in a small boutique, spend more time just by doing that, by you engaging me more, of course, it's going to cost more. You have bigger margins. You'll have to sell less. You'll make more money. I think that's a, a that's a magical formula for all small businesses. And again, people just think like, well, I need more, I need more, I need more. What if we just thought like, well, I need less, but what I need to deliver more. more. Yeah. Mm. I could charge more. I would have a greater uh, revenue in this year with less people. Mm. You, know, you guys are, you're full of so many great insights. You're obviously doing some amazing stuff um, with the Black Diamond Club. I noticed on your website, you have all sorts of events that you guys are doing. Uh, and that you guys have been featured in Entrepreneur, uh, Entrepreneur.com, Forbes, The Wolf's Den, uh, a number of other places. You know, when you look back to that 2011, 10 years ago, that 640 square foot apartment, um, which is so tiny, right? And you think back to, you think back to that life, right? Um, does it does it ever? Uh, I don't know. Does it ever blow your mind just thinking about how far you've come and just the journey to where you are today? All the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tell Sean that all the time. I wake up and I'm just 
and awe, like, because they always say that, like, you don't know what, like what you can accomplish. You don't know what you can have. You don't know what that life looks like until you start to get there. Right. And sometimes I wake up, we just um, bought our second home. We're here in Naples, Florida. We have a home in Indiana. And I said, I never thought coming from that teeny tiny apartment with a hand-me-down couch for our kids that we would have two homes. Right. And it, and we're, I just, I always say, I feel so blessed. And it's like, I still wake up and I'm like, how did we, like, how did we get here? I know the journey. I, yeah. I lived the journey. Um, we, I went through all of the ups and downs, but uh, it, you know, it really is a testament to the individuals that we serve their belief in us. And I mean, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely blows my mind. And I will say, uh, in the, uh, in our relationship, I've always been the one that struggled with the lack mi- with the abundance mindset. You know, I always I, I came from an upbringing that wasn't so great and um, with money, and I I still like I struggle with that on a day to day basis. And I'm like, I would have never imagined this, right? So it's it's nice to know that hard work and dedication to those you serve really does pay off. Mm-hmm. I mean, say in there real quick. Um, because my answer would be different, like, like just like Lacey was saying. And so, yes, of course, I've enjoyed the journey. Um, am I surprised? For me, no. And the and and the reason is is you know maybe when you were a kid, you went like to Disneyland, um, and so you, maybe you drove there and you knew you were going to Disneyland, so it wasn't like a surprise. Yeah. And the the route, the drive there was fun, and you stopped, and you ate, and all of that. But at the end of the day, when you got to Disneyland, you were You're excited, but you knew that's where you were going. I think a lot of um, entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurs struggle because they haven't set a final destination. So if, if my parents just drove, we wouldn't have ended up in Disneyland. You had to have known and, and had a route and a map to get there. So for me, a lot of it is, is having strength of vision, goals, knowledge of where you're going, and then building that route. And again, you know, someone might have to stop for bathroom breaks. It might take longer than you expected. But as long as you know, if we stay on this course, we're going to get to Disneyland. That's the key. How are you teaching your people to be resilient to things outside of their control? Like you get a flat tire, you know, you, you know where you're going and yet, um, you know, the car crashes completely. It seems like, I mean, cause we, we just came out of a, I mean, I think we're coming out of a pandemic. I, mean, I have no idea. <laughs> <It seems like laughs> yeah. in and out of it. I don't know, but, uh, 2020 was really hard for a lot of businesses. And I've talked to a multitude of business owners who frankly were really angry about it. I mean, a business owner who had just literally just started her restaurant, and we know that industry was totally cratered by COVID, you know, in your conversations with other business owners, it, is it going back to this abundance mindset? Is it about elasticity and just bouncing back? I mean, what does this conversation typically look like for people that you're mentoring? Yeah. I mean, well, I, I a hundred percent believe mindset is everything, but I would say that our narrative, especially through the height of the pandemic and what we were telling our people was control the controllables. And I think that that, that is something that, especially as a business owner, there's so many variables as an entrepreneur, you're going to run into all sorts of things. Right now, it was a pandemic, but you're going to have other crises that come along, um, whether external or internal in your business. And we always say control the controllables. Take a moment and look at what can I control? What can I control in this moment? And how do I make that better? How do I optimize that thing that I can control? And if you can focus in on that, um, your business will flourish and grow. But that just, I got to say, that doesn't mean that you should be uninformed. 
And so there's a balance in that when we want to talk about balance, because you still need to be informed so that you can make appropriate decisions and pivot or do things that are necessary. So you can't ignore everything, but just control the controllables. It's so interesting having a second person on the call because I keep wanting to, <laughs> like, I keep waiting. Like, is he going to talk? Is he say anything? Or, <laughs> you know, it's like when you're on the conference call and it's like, oh, no, no, you go. No, you go. No, so, no, you go. I no, know. No, it's a great, it's a great answer. And it actually makes me think about how it, going back to the, our conversation on really serving the customer, yeah, it feels like you really have to know your industry too. I mean, if you're going to be yeah. informed, I mean, knowing what your industry is like, you know, how do they deal with different problems? Um, you know, it's, it's almost so common that I talk to entrepreneurs who, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm starting a restaurant. I don't know anything about the restaurant business. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so you've chosen probably the riskiest business, yeah, you know, right. nothing about it. I mean, uh, so I think that, in, that informative piece is really important. Um, but also just looking at the clock we're running towards the end of our conversation today, you know, the black diamond club, everything you guys are doing is so important, not just on a day-to-day basis, but especially as business owners are going through crises to be able to turn to someone and be like, Hey, who else is facing this? I mean, it's such an important thing. It's an essential thing for business owners. What's next for you guys? Where do y'all go from here? I mean, you know, Sean, you mentioned like, I, I knew we were going to get here eventually. Are, are, is it, is it bigger and better? I mean, we're, where's the ship going? Well, I mean, on a personal level, Lacey and I are both chiropractors by profession. Um, we do a, all of our work nowadays in the, in the, entrepreneurial space. But ultimately, I I hope that we can uh, create enough influence to begin to shape thought processes. Even back to like what you were saying, um, what do you do in the the face of a crisis? I think the key uh, word there is is you must be adaptable. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the crisis that we are coming out of or currently living in, depending on how you look at it, um, really has a lot to do with our inability to adapt, whether it's as human beings, um, as a collective, or even as an individual, the way that we get sick is when your body cannot adapt to its environment, either internal or external. The way that your business gets sick is when your business cannot adapt to its environment, either internal or external. You have internal problems with people, or you have external problems with the market or clients. And if you are unable to adapt, then there's a breakdown. And so Um, What we really want to do is to be able to lead that thought process that we stop looking for magic bullets that we're stop thinking that, well, if I just did this one thing, if I just got the vaccine or if Mm -hmm. I had that pill and we start to really address the internal conditions, either of our physical body, of our business, of our relationships and understand that adaptability is key. And so we're just going to keep continue to work on that influence so that we can hopefully begin to shape some thought processes along the way. I, I totally agree. And yet at the same time, it feels like that 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 rubs up against this narrative on social media that as an entrepreneur, it's very obnoxious to me, but it's it's it is all about the hacks and the gimmicks. And, you know, I saw an ad the other day that was like how one email generated five million dollars in revenue in eight days, you know, and 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 like at the point of their business, maybe they had enough momentum that it actually did work for them. Right. But I, I know I know who that's targeted to. It's targeted to the naive, desperate business owner who is looking for the next sale. And so I, I just I it I'm I'm relieved to hear you say it, but I'm also simultaneously frustrated that I guess more people aren't being honest to be circular here, not being honest with the journey, not being honest. I mean, it's all about the digital marketing, it's all about the next sale. Um 
you know, and so your your message is so important. And I'm glad that our listeners are hearing it because I, I want that entrepreneur listening right now not to buy that email chain right. and instead <laughs> really lean into the journey. Mm-hmm. I agree. I love that. Yeah, a million percent. You're spot on. And and that's what Lacey was saying earlier. We teach what we're doing. Um, and so I would disagree. I, I've written thousands, if not a million emails in my life. Um, there's never been one that just all of a sudden like did something. Um, it, it's, it, it is. It's the cumulative effect. It's that Japanese word, Kaizen. It's those the small incremental yeah. advances that get the job done. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. Well, Sean and Lacey, this has been an amazing conversation. Talk to my listeners. Um, best place for them to get enrolled in the Black Diamond Club. What does that process look like? Um, obviously, they can go to blackdiamondclub.com, but you know what's what what can they do for that? And then secondly, if they want to connect with either one of you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yep. There's a join now button right on the website that'll um, allow you to join the community and, and see what we're all about. Um, and then on top of that, Sean and I are both on all of the social media outlets. I'm Dr. Lacey Book, Dr. Lacey Book. He's Dr. Sean Dill. And honestly, because we just love being in service, like reach out to us. If you have a question, anything, just send us a message. We would love to hear from you. Um, we're always checking our, our inboxes for information like that. And then lastly, we have a podcast of our, of our own. It's called the None of Your Business Podcast. So if you kind of like some of the stuff we said, then check it out. I'm sure that you'll get some, some good uh, gold bars on there as well. Okay. So what's the, uh, what's the um, story behind the name? of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have an Amazon best-selling book by the same name, None of Your Business. Um, the idea of this is um, to get uh, service providers to fall in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur or a business person. Um, so many times we we are passionate about our leather bracelet with the uh, bedazzled <laughs> stones on it. And we get, so, we get so wrapped up in that. And then we commit errors because we're like, I don't want to market it. I don't want to sell it. I want to do none of that People should want this. And so (laughs) we created this concept of none of your business so that you would understand, you know, the world's greatest everything live in obscurity because they fail to embrace the concepts of marketing and sales. We have no idea if Dr. Oz is a good doctor. We just (laughs) believe it because he's on TV probably the best doctors, the best providers, nobody knows who they are. They They might even unfortunately be struggling because they don't embrace these concepts. So if you really have an idea that you believe will change the world, you must embrace those business business. concepts. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners, I'm going to put the link to the None of Your Business podcast on Apple Podcasts down in the episode description below. It's a weekly updated podcast. Uh, At the time of this recording, over 85 episodes uh, which I always appreciate having fellow podcasters on the show. So I wish you guys well with that as well. Likewise. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Consistency, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been really great. And you know, it's been such a joy having you guys on today. So many great insights. And I'm excited for our listeners to check out the Black Diamond Club. Well, thank yeah, you so thanks much. Thanks for having us. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. Hey, for our listeners, like I mentioned, both the podcast and the website are going to be on the uh, episode description down below. I'm also going to be linking their social media profiles if you want to follow them as well. Uh, Hey, if you've been following the podcast and you love this episode, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And also don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, you can do that at our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. We so appreciate your help. And I so appreciate the cup of coffee. So thanks for treating me well. Uh, that's all we have for you today. We appreciate you. And that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. <laughs>